You're listening to the Christy G Podcast with me, your host, Christy G. Here I sit and talk with some of the most funny, talented, and inspiring people on the planet. So sit back and enjoy this newest episode. Oh my goodness, you guys. I am so, so excited to share this episode with you. Um, Today... I am sharing my conversation with the amazingly wonderful Chris Caraba. I, like many of you guys, I'm sure, have loved Dashboard Confessional and Further Seems Forever for over 20 plus years. I actually first interviewed Chris back in 2013 for Substream Magazine. It was my first in-person interview and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to sound like such a dweeb. But, uh, which really, that hasn't changed. But at the time, it was really, really, really scary. <laughs> and honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better person to experience that moment with. Because, hands down, no pun intended there. <laughs> but uh, hands down, Chris is one of the nicest people on the dang planet. Just so sweet and awesome. And, um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And... Here we are today, and I got to have him on my podcast, and it's just freaking rad. So, yes, we talk about so many cool things, ranging from our favorite Austin, Texas venue called Emo's, the legendary John Bunch and the history of Further Seems Forever, his live stream, This Is About As Social As I Get Now, his collaboration with Rustin Kelly, when they covered... Um, Screaming Infidelities for Rustin's album, Dirt Emo. We also, of course, talk about how he is recovering from his recent motorcycle accident and how he continues to have hope in the middle of this kind of like, you know, hard time in the world in general and in his own personal life. And, um, oh yeah, we also talk about Vindicated and the epic tale of how that song became the single for Spider-Man 2. It is such a fun, fun, fun story. And um, yeah, I also asked him, what's something surprising that many people just don't know about you? And of course, he answers, and it is super fun. So I'm going to stop rambling because I could talk about this forever. But of course, I know you want to hear Chris, not so much me. So (laughs) without further ado, here is my awesome chat with the wonderful Chris Caraba. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Nice. Doing well. Thank you so much for doing this. It's my pleasure. Oh. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to it. I'm so glad glad that this came together so easily as the good ones always do. Oh. I'm so freaking pumped. I'm so excited. I'm dying to know.
awesome. Cool. Yeah, well, I have seen, I feel like, okay, so I saw you play with Dashboard at Emos in Austin a zillion years ago. Like the now, little Emos. Yeah, was this when, was it inside or outside? It was outside. Okay, so we were, we already were, we were already on our way now. I also played there a couple times in the inside, in oh, the wow. small room. Aww. Yeah, because I think that, um, and first of all, I think it's awesome that you saw me at Emos. Um, <laughs> Because I love that our history together goes that far back. Yeah. Um, but that's, there's, I take a, a lot of pride in the fact that, like, you you just mentioned a room that is not glamorous. Mm-hmm. And I played there, and I take pride in that. And I take pride in knowing that I played, also played the the worst room that you could play there <laughs> yeah. of the two. <laughs> like, I have other friends that are like, dude, you know, we, we like, we, we got signed. We got on a bus. We were playing arenas. That's what rock and roll is. I'm like, that doesn't feel like rock and roll to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I had some amazing memories of that that venue. Like some of my best best times. I live in LA now, so I mean, I haven't been there in a zillion years. But before I moved out here, it was so much fun. They moved it. They did. I haven't been to the new one yet. Well, it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's got a vibe. Uh, let me let me let me. It it's got its own vibe. Uh-huh. It's a really nice theater, you know, black box theater. But it's it, it, uh, it's. Uh, I'm not knocking the venue that is there. It's awesome. But you know, the thing that you and I loved as kids, um, it's just not the same thing. It's just a different kind of thing. Right. It's not. It's no. not the original. It's arguably. It's inarguably. <laughs> I didn't mean to speak over you. It's inarguably better. It's an, it's a better place to see a show and hear a show. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, the the other place was, you know, kind of raunchy and weird yeah. and <laughs> and rugged and 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 unrefined and and all the things that um, feel like youth. Yeah. Man, it's funny too because that show, I remember someone, some tall guy standing in front of me and I couldn't see anything. And I was like, why? Why did this happen? <laughs> as, a, as a short guy, I will say there ought to be a rule. There should be a rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then um, I saw you when you came through with Further at the Troubadour. And that was in October, and there was a ghost pinata in front of me the whole time, like up in the top. Like yep. I was sitting, and I was like, "Man, I have the worst luck." <laughs> Sorry, to see you. Sorry, that was a fun show. <laughs> yeah, it was, was super. A, that fun. was, I think that was top two of my my um, favorite shows on that um, further reunion tour. Oh, it's so good! That was so fun. This is a tangent. I hope that's okay. But you know, you were mentioning further, and you know, like. People know the lineage of further. I don't mm-hmm. need to go through it, but I will just briefly. You know this. I was the I was the singer. I left after the first record. Jason, my great friend Jason, came in and he was the singer. Left after his first record, which was the second record, and then and then the great John Bunch yeah. uh, came in. He was the singer of Sensefield and Reason to Believe, and um, later other bands like War Generation. Um, but in between, he was uh, the singer on one record for Further Seems Forever. And yesterday would have been his fiftieth uh, birthday. Wow. So just brings to mind i want to honor my friend john bunch what was Uh, that like having him sing in the band you started well it was incredible it was like the okay there were a few things at play there that uh i i had a serious um 
admiration for John and his musical prowess and lyrical prowess from, from the earliest days. I got a, somebody, somebody gave me reason to believe, which was his first band. It was a little more punk than what Sensefield was. And then, then Sensefield came out and it was like, they were like just ahead of, but soon on tour with, but it came out just ahead of like Texas is the reason mm. and Jimmy Eat world. Those three bands I saw on tour. No, 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 no. It was Jimmy Eat world Sensefield and mineral. Maybe, maybe, um, it's, it takes a special kind of performer to stand out when you're watching mineral and Jimmy Eat world on the same bill, you know? So he was just this, powerful force of nature on stage and and um he just like it all just uh poured out from his heart and soul in a way that i i would i would try and still try to dig deep enough to find in my own music um and he called and we had dinner i was in la he lived in la he's an la guy i was in la i was about to go to um we were off to off to japan Steve from Further sent me the, uh, the the demos for Hide Nothing. He says, "Listen, listen, Jason's just quit," which kind of ro- rocked me because I was like, uh, you know, I'd grown close. I'd taken them, I'd taken them out on some tours with Jason, um, and also, <laughs> it's funny. I would read like we'd go back home to Florida, and I'd be at their house, you know, one of their houses, and then like reading a magazine or something to see that they like, well, you know further seems forever hates Chris and all this stuff. And I like turned to the guys and like, this is true. You guys hate me. Should I, did I, did I, did I, did I bring the wrong wine here? Wrong beer to this, this barbecue. And they're like, you know, we just have laughs over it. It's funny yeah. how the press would enjoy that little angle. And we would admittedly allow them to, you know, because we were like, Hey, I guess it's better than not talking about us. So anyway, but I was super bummed that Jason left, but I had had dinner with bunch the night before I got this call. And he was like, it's like sort of the only time I'd ever had a conversation where he seemed lost because he literally had like in the, just in the days before Sensefield had broken up and he just was like, I don't know what this means for my life. You know, I've been only doing one thing since he was 15, he said, you know, and, um, so I called him after I said to Steve, when he asked me if I would do it, I was like, I would absolutely do this. I'll be back for, I'm going to. It was like whirlwind tour. It was like Japan, Australia, then straight to Germany and and the UK and and so on, and then back to the states, and then I could do it. So it was going to be. I was like, in three months, I could do it. And they're like, well, they want this record delivered like in three weeks. And I'm like, well, I'm not your guy. No, I, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. And I I just hung up with him and I called Bunch and I said, well, you know, what do you think about further? You know, just, and he was like, I love Further. I'm like, okay, what would you think of the second record? Because they've just written a re- record that I think springs off the heels of that, just like the first one. I'm sorry, just like the second one jumped off the heels of the, of the first one. And he, he, he was just super excited about it. He asked me to tell him the worst parts of being in the band, and there weren't many, but I told him what I could, you know, like, well, this is what this guy gets irritable about. And this is <laughs> where uh, things get tense and there's not so many things that I think you've been at band and you can navigate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he joined the band. Wow. And it was the, it was, it was, um, and then it was like, 
he had a lot to contend with there because he had to sing a catalog consisting of his songs from Hide Nothing. And then one, then a guy who sang differently than him for the How to Start a Fire stuff. And then a guy that sang differently from him that wasn't that guy from When the Moon is Down. It was a tall order, but he was the only one. So further, the further seems forever guys are giants. They're like enormous men. <laughs> um, like I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that Nick is six, four or five and Josh wow. is six, three. And, uh, I'm, I'm just under average height. Jason, I think is about average height. And both of us sort of looked like we were in the land of giants, but Bunch is like six and a half feet tall. Wow. So it was like the first time we like the band that sort of looked right on stage. I don't know. It's and, fun. Um, it, you know, I, 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 I connected with the, the, the music of Sensefield more than any other band he did, but it, I did feel a certain honor that he was in the lineage of some music I made. And he would have been 50 yesterday. Which is hard to believe because he never seemed that much older than us. Um, he was such a youthful, youth, young spirited guy. But anyway, yeah, rest in peace. He was a legend, and uh, he, was, he is now. He now is a legend. Yes. And I will say, when people throw around the term legend, uh, <laughs> really casually, I think that he will go down in the books as a legend. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you have those amazing memories of him. That's, Me too. Gosh, because that. I feel like you could. It could have went a very different way, but luckily, it, everything was amazing and beautiful about all of it. So it was. So yeah, I think the only the only bad thing about the whole. Well, I guess the only bad thing I could think of is that you know they, the the band still fractured and fell apart before mm-hmm. I could tell take them on tour with that lineup. Oh. So oh, I yeah. never got to have. I got. I took Sensefield on tour, oh. but I never got to take um, further with with. Sorry, I did take further with Jason Tor. Never got a chance to take further with, with John. Man. I just had a flashback of when further with Jason played in San Antonio somewhere. Anyways, I was super sick, but it was before you could, like, I, I lived in a very, very small town where there's, like, very little internet, so iTunes was a huge hassle. And so I drove to the further show that I had tickets for. I was sicker than a dog. I went in, I bought the record, and I left. It went right back home. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> I can relate to that so hard. Yeah. I remember being like, uh, I remember uh, I'd seen I'd seen Lifetime play this band Lifetime. Mm-hmm. I'd seen them play several times. Uh, I'm I'm super obsessed with <laughs> with with Lifetime. And just at a random thing, as I speak to you, I realized like I was wearing a Lifetime hoodie at Aww. my my show in your hometown over at Stubbs this last Aww. time I played there. But anyway, anyway, I digress. <laughs> I remember the, the last time I could, that I wanted to go see them play, I was too sick to go, but I was like, I was going to be damned if I couldn't replace the shirt that had worn out. <laughs> so I went and I bought a shirt and then I split. Wow. That's fun. Oh, that's very cool. We have the same kind of story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yeah. And then also I saw the last time I, was like physically around you like in person was that the twin fork show which was super fun that little bar in anaheim orange county yeah that was I forget where it was I, you know i think where they changed the name of it since then because i saw jim atkins play there after and it was a different name oh okay but yeah that was super fun that was a lot a lot of fun so yeah well that's our thing 
with Twin Forks is that it's it's just like if it isn't fun, it, we're not we're not do, we're not doing it. It's supposed to be super joyful. Yeah, I think all of us. It's like a side project from all 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 the band members are in bands that explore like really really deep emotions, and we were like, okay, if we start this band, we're singing about love. Yeah, and we're singing about feeling awesome. That's awesome. Now there's a couple. I mean, I'm in the band, so I fucked up, of course, and there's a couple <laughs> of sad moments, but but. But generally speaking, that's what the live show feels like. Yeah, it's like a little party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool. Um, speaking of shows, so since you know COVID and you can't go anywhere, and you did the live streaming event, this was before your accident, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> um, what was that like? I'm curious your perspective on that. Yes. So I was. It was it was a bit strange, but rewarding, and 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 I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I don't know what to do with my time. Uh, like I haven't sat still. I've been on tour since I was, you know, in my late teens. I, I haven't sat. I don't know what to do with myself in one place. Yeah. And um, I thought, well, look, people are in need of some music. I'm in need of that. Maybe it was more selfish. Like I'm in need of playing music for people in some way. Yeah. And so I, I teamed up with Music Cares, um, which is a great organization. It, it, it gives um, healthcare to, um, it gives like insurance or gap insurance to the, to uninsured or under underinsured like musician types. When I say musician types, I also mean like crew guys or okay. people that work work for bands or or work at clubs or what have you yeah and um and they probably do more than that but that's the part that i was attracted to and so we teamed up to do that and um and we we raised an absurd amount of of money and we had a kind of a ludicrous number of people buy buy tickets to this thing awesome. tickets tickets to w- watch me on a computer yeah um all for this this really good in my opinion, really great cause. So in a time where everybody felt like, I, it seemed like in a moment where people was like, felt a bit like there's, we can't go to shows and we can't, ex- it's hard to experience joy. Right. And also felt like we'd love to do something productive. What can, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Well, we got, we all collectively got to do that. We all got to be proactive mm-hmm. in helping and we got to have some kind of show. That's awesome. And, um, the, you know, the actual playing of the show was slightly strange to, because, you know, there's clearly people watching, but, you know, a lot of my show is about not just the sing-along, but I interact with people between yeah. songs. We're speaking, we're talking, we're chatting, we're laughing. And so the song would end, and I, I think I must have said at least once, like, I, I'd, I don't really know what to do between the songs. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's interesting. But you, and so, oh, sorry, go ahead. And then when I got in that, and then when I was in my accident, I, was, I got a call from the, the Music Cares folks, and they were offering all kinds of advice on, on uh, uh, which doctors to speak to and so on and so forth, because it, it's a Vanderbilt, or uh, I was at Vanderbilt, and they, they, they often interact with Van, mm. Vanderbilt as an organization. And I was just joking, like, you know, like, I, I wasn't planning 
I didn't raise that money expecting to use it myself, <laughs> <Right>. myself which I, <laughs> yeah. which of course I didn't. I do have insurance, so I was, Good. I was okay. Man, that was I. When you had that accident, that was definitely a scary moment for you, of course. But everybody, that freaked a lot of people out. Yeah, scared yeah. people yeah. with that one. And it's um, it's been a it's been a trial. I won't lie to you, Christy. It's been um, it's the accident was bad. Um, the um, surgeries were rough. Um, the, the injuries were severe and, um, it's been humbling, you know, uh, can you imagine, you know, the thing you've done every moment of the thing you've done for joy at every moment you can do, uh, they, they, sorry, at every moment that's handed to you, every minute of free time, I've picked up a guitar to play it. Yeah. And then it's also my job, but mm. I, I can't, suddenly I can't play it and I have to like, I, I'm, I had to learn I am still learning how to play guitar over again. Wow. Um, which is the least, to be frank with you, that's the least of my, my concerns. And it's still a big one. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, this, this year's not been great for no. people. Right. Man. What, what are you, do you, do you have like a daily thing that you, do to try to help you get back into that world again to again like rehabilitate your your movement is like something you do every day sure i go to i go to physical therapy um every day good and then i do a second round um at home every day and it is it's grueling i was somebody that already exercised quite a bit yeah um and was used to pushing my body and i always enjoyed that this is grueling Right. This is a whole a whole different kind of thing. Man. Um, so when I'm out there again in the world as a functional human being, <laughs> fully functional human being, um, it will have been well earned. It'll, it'll, it, would, it will have been hard earned. Right. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I don't know what, I don't know. There were points early on where I didn't know what, I, who I'd be, right. what I'd be, what mm-hmm. capacity I'd return. Mm-hmm. And, and now I feel pretty confident that, that one day I'll, I'll be who I physically be who I was again. Um, I feel fair, fairly confident that I don't have a, I don't have the, um, any way to predict that other than, where I'm at today, which, which most days is better than where I was yesterday. And some days, some days it's a little bit worse. Um, but that's the nature of recovery from a, such a severe accident. Oh. And then what I do for, for guitar, you know, like, look, uh, I, I will not lose this skill. I mean, I, I will not give up on this skill. I love mm-hmm. this too much. Yeah. And, um, I've never taken lessons. I mean, I've taken a couple of lessons here and there over the years, but you know, like, there were two things at play when I was young about lessons. Like one, this is punk rock, dude. You don't take lessons. <laughs> like there was this whole kind of kind of bully mentality, like which which was fine because the other thing at play was we were poor, right? So there was going to be no money for for lessons. So, but now I've got you know, I've got friends that are like, uh, I've got I'm taking from a couple of different people. Awesome. Um, so that I can be accountable. Like, I, I have to be accountable. I've got to, like Fred um, Mascherino, uh, 
is one of the, my favorite guitar players I've ever seen, ever, ever known. And he offered me guitar lessons basically as like his way to help. You know, he's like, I can't bring a meal over, man, but I can give you, I can help you relearn this thing that you, you desperately need more than food probably. And, um, and so, so I will spend those three hours a day and, and it's really painful. I'm not going to lie. Just playing is, it's, 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 it is extremely painful, wow. but I'm going to do it because that thing that Fred assigned me, I'm going to show, I'm going to master it by the next time I see him because yeah. I've got to be accountable to, to my boy, Fred. He's, he's <laughs> putting himself, he's putting himself there out for me, you know? Yeah. So, so that's, a, that's, um, I think that's a kindness that I'll never, uh, I never could have expected. You know, it's been just a series of those kind of kindnesses that get you through these kinds of things. And, you know, I'm not unique in, t- in having had a, a bad moment. Everybody does t- in, in their lives. Everybody comes across something. And um, just so happens that this year was just a little bit more in a row. Yeah. Man, yeah, this this year. I have to ask, is Fred, is he in Nashville with you? Do you get to like, physically see him? No. Okay. He's, he's still in, in Pennsylvania and okay. I'm in Nashville, so, yeah. so we go, we just FaceTime. Okay. Well, that's good. It, I'm glad, like, it sounds weird, but, like, I can't imagine, like, this kind of pandemic happening, like, in the 80s or something, where we didn't have access to, like, FaceTime or being able to see people. So that's a blessing in a weird way to happen now yeah I, I i think that that's one of those things i think about now like yeah. i wish they wouldn't have called it social distancing i wish they would have called it physical distancing because yeah. i think it, it it took something away in our like hearts and minds like yeah. that we need just as human beings For we're sure. social creatures that's part of what sets us apart you know from other species you know we're we have to be social yeah and so it would have we could have begun begun much earlier rethinking how to be social mm-hmm. because it wasn't something like a negative attached to the word. Right. Do you have, like, I spoke with this about with Chris Conley, how our generation, it's like a whole other world, like having to like, figure out how to like FaceTime. And like Chris has this theory that like we're accessing a part of our, um, our like senses that we never had to do before. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's well, really I mean, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Chris found a way to make this mystical. No, <laughs> yeah. <sorry. laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's shocking. It's, it's a new thing for him. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting the way he put it though. I'm like, huh? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, your daughter's generation, they're like 15. I was like, it's like second nature to them, you know? I'm like, but us, we're just trying to, like, this is a whole other planet for us. So. Yeah, I think that, um, I think Conley's right. You know, there's, there's, I've, I think, like, for us, we're just, we're a little bit older. And of course, we're not like ancient. So we, of course, have been using this technology. But, but to receive, like, to receive, to receive, to use it and receive the full effect of what it feels like to be with somebody is a little foreign to us still. And, uh, and I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's, I've been getting it. I finally get it. This, I finally get it from that now. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. 
I'm not good at the visual stuff at all. (laughs) Well, listen, why don't you just become bedridden for about three months? It'll probably, (laughs) you'll probably realize that that's your only outlet to connect you with the world. And you'll, and it's a crash course. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Man. Well, I'm happy. I feel like you're in a very good spirits, which is nice because I feel like that. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, like I got that into common with Conley, you know, like you, you just, you got to win the, 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 the battle of, of uh, attitude, first yeah. and foremost. Man. Oh, yeah. I, when people found out I was talking to you, they're like, ask him how he's getting better. Everyone wants to know how you're getting better and what, like, where you are in this, like, journey right now. Because everyone's so concerned for you, you know? They love you. Yeah. And I, I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm doing great. I'm Good. doing great. I'm making great, great strides. Um, I, I don't know, though. If I was having a bad day today, I probably would not admit it. Right. Um, and that's part of how you get better, I think. Yeah. Man. Uh, well, but I'm not having a bad day. Yay. Great day. Good. <laughs> Is the weather, like, getting super fall over there? I'm looking out over my backyard, which is uh, covered with freshly fallen oh, leaves. That's nice. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have to rake those because of my shoulders. <laughs> this is a, I get, I'm getting away with something. <laughs> that's <laughs> this, awesome. This year, I'm getting away with it. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to talk to you about your live stream with Rustin Kelly. That was super uh-huh. fun. And I know you did his uh, Dirt Emo uh, album, too, with him. And I was just curious. Is, is I feel like I would like to see you guys do something more together. Do you guys talk about that kind of stuff? Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. We do talk about that. You know, Rusty and I, we're kind of like cut from the same... We're cut from the same cloth. We kind of mm-hmm. come from the same background. We're both... Um, we're both... We both don't quite make sense within our own musical genres, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but are good at what we do within that genre. And uh, I, I, I know what we do musically is, is pretty different from each other, but we share that commonality. And I think that it could work as a show. It'd be so uh, fun for sure. And then I have, and then his sister Abby and I uh-huh. have been working on some music together too. Oh, nice! Oh, that's fun. Well, as for now, I'm gonna hear the saddest songs Sit alone and wonder How you're making out And as for me, I wish That I was anywhere With anyone making out So that was all. Uh, that was all Rusty and his uh, and his vision for Dirt Emo, which I which I which I love, you know. And to 
to have been a part of the first volume meant a lot meant a lot to me and i told him so he could have you know he could have had me on the second one but there was the fact that it was on the first one made me feel like i had a position of uh of honor yeah with with my with rustin and uh and i'm really proud of it it's amazing it's super fun um i yesterday was thinking because you had your your vinyls come out and one was a spider-man um Mm -hmm. one and i used to work at sony pictures for a year and yeah and behind my desk was this the poster for that that movie and so i randomly would think of you and i'd see it and i'd be like oh there's a vindicated up in my brain again and uh, mm-hmm. i was kind of curious your your story with that because i think it would be fun so yeah let me tell you about this so so i got everything relate in my life sort of relates back to some punk rock some mm-hmm. punk rocker somewhere mm-hmm. taking a chance you know like how did i how did i even get my start you know like the newfound glory guys going like this guy with an acoustic guitar. Sure. Let's bring him or H2O Toby mm-hmm. from H2O oh, or yeah. Key, T- Trevor from face to face it guys that just bit guys or bands that it doesn't, what I did didn't, didn't make sense, mm. but they were like, yeah, it is punk and let's, let's bring them out. Yeah. Well, just like that, just like just to follow suit. Um, I don't know if you ever came across this woman there, the, the head of music for Sony pictures, Leah Volick I've heard of had her. been so she was she's like mm-hmm. this uh, I would say uh, ultra successful person within the motion picture industry mm-hmm. um, you know somebody that was like working hand in glove with the likes of Amy Pascal yeah yeah um, who I know that's a little inside baseball baseball for people listening but that, <laughs> that that's that's one of the most successful movie um, motion picture executives and producers like in the history of, mm-hmm. of film um and and a uh i think a i think a, somebody that made a huge paradigm shift in terms of female executives um and so did and and so did uh uh leah volick uh, mm-hmm. who was the head of music uh, leah volick came to one of my shows and she was just like raving about the show, but she was telling me as well about her history with music, which was that she was the front house mixer for Richard Hell. So she's a punk rocker, like to her core. And so that I had made her feel something. She said to me that like I had moved her in a way that she'd only been felt moved, uh, moved that way by, by Richard Hell. Wow. Well, that's some, to somebody like me, like there's only, there's a few people that, you know, there's Richard Hell. Yeah. There's Robert Smith. Um, man, it's a short list of mm. people that are, that, that to me are like, you say that name and I'm like, I'm in, immediately <laughs> like, that can't, that can't be, Yeah. you know, it's like other regular people might think like, oh, Bob Dylan or whatever. <laughs> um, so Leah said, I'd love to have you on this um, compilation we're going to do. This Sorry, not a compilation. A soundtrack that we're going to do for Spider-Man. Are you into comic books? And I was like, look, <laughs> I don't know if my nerdiness is broadcast to the world, <laughs> world as well as it should be. But I'm, I'm, I'm mad. like, I read graphic novels. I read comic books. I collect comic books since I was a kid. And, like, I've got, like, 
I've probably got uh, several years of photographs of Halloween's where I'm Spider-Man. And this is probably in my 20s. <laughs> so I'm not even talking about it as a kid. So she's like, well, here's the deal. So there's, there's this other band that's going to be the single. And I think that'll be the only song in the movie. But you'll be like on this, as they called it, like inspired by the, mo- you know, music inspired by. And so I had this song. And I sent it to her. I was on cloud nine and I was like, I sent her the song and she, she really loved it. And she was like, let me float it. And it came back a positive, you know, from that, from the powers that be. And I got accepted to be on the compilation and even better still, I was invited to see the movie on the lot. It was not released. It was not even done. And so like I go there and I sit with just just me and Leah, and we're watching in one of the viewing theaters on the Sony lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching, you know, what is, you know, I'm watching the movie, which is in, uh, quite similar to the one that came out. Okay. Um, but, the, but the effects hadn't been rendered yet. So it would be like fully rendered effects and then partially rendered effects and then full animation. <laughs> right. It's a placeholder of like animated parts. It was like... It was a it was a really cool way to have seen the movie. I, I almost wish they would put out <laughs> versions of that. Yeah. And I left, and and I I remember the the I was going through something in my personal life. I didn't expect this. I was going through something in my, my personal life. Um, I was kind of like at an impasse with this girl, this woman, um, and it was going to go one of two ways, and. I really want, you know, I really was holding hope against hope. And anyway, I, it's funny. I didn't really think at the time, like, the when I wrote Vindicated, I wasn't writing about Spider-Man. But if I was writing about anybody there, that right. it was a correlator, corollary, it was more about, like, Peter Parker and Aww. his emotional uh, back and forth mm-hmm. with Mary Jane Watson and trying to... and where does he fit where he's got these other pressures of being this other figure that's public and, and he wants, but he still wants the privacy. And he's, these are all things I was struggling with too, but I wasn't thinking about any of that. Plus I'd already handed the song and it got accepted. I was free. (laughs) I was just like, so anyway, we, I left and we went out on, uh, I was psyched to went on tour. Um, and we, we, this tour ended, in Hawaii and we were going to stay, we stayed a few extra days. No, 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 no. We spread the shows out. That's what it was so that we could spend extra time in Hawaii. And, you know, we did the Hawaii stuff. We would go and surfing and all this stuff. And so there was this one morning we were all going to go surfing. And I woke up and I picked up the guitars I often do in the morning and vindicated just spilled out. And like, I would say I would still be being conservative if I said it took about 15 minutes. Wow. And then I just sat, and then I just sat there playing it like over and over and over again. Um, and to the point where like, I never did meet anybody on the beach that day, you know, like that, that one got away from me. I just kept playing it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I was like, I called up my manager. I'm like, Can I, I got to play you this song. I, it feels there's something here. And he was like, you've got to demo that. 
I was like, well, okay, I don't have a way to demo this. I mean, I'm in Hawaii in a hotel room. And, but the next day at the club, we, um, we figured it out, you know, with the, when we had the live mics up and we, we tracked it. And I will say that demo is incredible. There's only one, there's only one note, literally one note difference between that demo and what would later appear. Wow. Uh, as the finished recording. I mean, Don Gilmore, the producer, did far more than that, uh, far more than changing the one note. But in terms of like the song, the bones of the song, song it was just one, one note in the whole song that was different. And I sent it to he, my, my, my manager said, just, you should play this for, for, for Leah. It wasn't like play this for Leah to replace the song you had on there. Uh-huh. But as soon as he said, yeah, you should play this for Leah. She likes your music. I thought, Hey, I would much rather have this song yeah. on there than the one I sent. And so I called her and I told her and she's like, no way. <laughs> we're, we're like, that's not how things work here. It's not that punk rock. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'll just send you the thing. Will you let you have time to listen? I mean, she's trying to tie this movie up in a bow, yeah. you know, on time. And I'm like, she's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm going to listen. But so I sent her the, I, I emailed it to her and she, she called me like 10 minutes later and she said, uh, yeah. I'm going to fight for this. Wow. This should really be the song instead of your other song. I said, oh, okay, okay. If you believe in it, then I would much rather it be the song too. And she took it that, like, she went, I mean, this next part happened. There was just another hour that went by. She went to the people that make those decisions with her, the final say. They agreed to change this, this thing that would, could possibly put it behind schedule. And... They decided right when they heard it. They just decided this is the single. Wow! So the the which was not something I was p- pitching for or yeah. thought was a possibility. So this all was shocking when she called me back and she says, "Look, if you can get this, if you can get in the studio tomorrow mm-hmm. and get this recorded and delivered, I'll give you a day and a half. Then you, then this song can make the the al- the the the." record cd we're putting out and it can and it will actually be in the movie and you'll have the single for this song wow and and somehow we you know somehow we got we pulled this somehow we pulled this like herculean (laughs) effort off because it was that's a tall order yeah um and i'm ever grateful to her because there's a lot of people that stepped in and helped change my lives in small or big ways and she certainly on that list, Heavalik is on that list, and and um, all that whole team behind. And I remember going to the, the 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 preview of the movie and feeling like, I mean, the premiere of the movie and feeling like a total fish out of water. I mean, like who the fuck am I? <laughs> you know, there's yeah. like Toby Maguire's over here. Yeah. And there's man. I thankfully the Maroon Five guys were behind me. Aw. And they were like. Yo, we heard you got this single. I'm like, yeah, we, woo, we did it. <laughs> and so, like that, they loosened it up. You know, they loosened yeah. it up for me. Those guys are such good guys. Aww. And um, and uh, I still, I still remember that, like Avi Arad, who is the producer of many of the Spider-Man movies and many more things, and uh, gave me like an attaboy. boy. And then Stan Lee <laughs> told me that, like Stan Lee told me 
that that song captured the spirit of Peter Parker in, in, in perfectly. And then he said Excelsior to me, and as he did, wow. you know, did which is like if I got like goosebumps just now thinking about it because <laughs> I'm because I'm nerdy. Um, <clears throat> there were lots of famous people there, and I was like, Ah, oh, Stan Lee. But anyway, that's a long. That's the long. I know. I said I'd make it quick. That's yeah, as quick awesome. as I can make it because there's too many people that deserve wow. credit. I'm curious. There. Um, yeah, when I worked at Sony, I was in stage six. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you at all, but, um, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So it's stage the one that next near stage five, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, the bottom, so I would sit at the little desk at the bottom of the floor. Like that was my job to man the desk. And on the, on the six, sixth or seventh floor of that building was Sony music. Mm-hmm. So all those like music supervisors and all those people. I would I would interact with all the time, and I thought that would be like the coolest job ever. That's I did too. Ugh, so I, I, cool. There was a point where like I thought being a music supervisor. Yeah. I think maybe I still feel this way. Mm-hmm. Being a music supervisor might be the coolest job. Heck yeah! On the planet. Ugh. And they were the happiest people on the entire lot. I, I was like, do you guys work in a spa up there? Every time they would come down, they were just smiling and happy. I'm like it's a magical world up there on the seventh floor. <laughs> well, they kind of won the lotto. They got to like. Just yeah. listen to music all totally. day, like like we want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then tell bands like, "Huzzah! You get to be the single, <laughs> hooray for you, bully for you." It's so fun. Do you remember what theater? Like, was it like a little room, or did you see it in the theater with the marquee on the outside? Well, uh, it was a little room. Okay, I'm trying to remember. I do you remember seeing the one with the marquee? It's like an old theater. Like I mean, I know what you're talking about. I don't okay. know if I saw it in there. Wow. I, uh, because I, I wasn't the premiere at Mans. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Oh uh, well, I got married under that marquee. That's where I had my. Did wedding. you? Yeah. I Did you really? It. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful spot. <laughs> yeah. So they had our names up there. They had Mark and Christy Forever, Sony Pictures, and. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Because my husband still works there. He's in production. And when you were talking about the unedited movie, so we get to see, he sees dailies every day, and he was working on Venom. And so we would see really weird versions of Venom. Like, instead of, like, a person's head, it was like a ball on a stick, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. It was really funny. <laughs> so I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyhow, that's a really cool story. That's fun. Man. That's a... That's like an epic tale of all time. Yeah, I'll keep my next dancer shorter. <laughs> no, that's a, it goes as long <laughs> you want. Certain now that I am vindicated. I am selfish. I am wrong. I am right. I swear I'm right. Swear I knew it all along. And I am flawed. But I am cleaning up so well. I am seeing in me now the things you swore you saw. I lost you there. I don't know if you need to call me back for it to record. Oh, no, it's still recording. I, don't, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was there talking away. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Do you remember the last thing I was saying? No, you were saying, a, let's see, the last thing that you were saying. I said I was going to keep my, la- my next answer shorter, oh. shorter, and then you hung up on me, and I thought, oh, I got the hook. <laughs> I don't even I know how that hook. happened. I am so sorry. Technology. Oh, that's funny. Do you, are you familiar with Chris Conley's t- relationship with technology? 
Yeah. I, I joke that ever since I met him, I've had that same problem. Like, everything does this to me. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was going to tell you that I think it's cool that some people, like, okay, for example, you started out and you were just doing this thing that you loved and you weren't really trying to become, like, this mega celebrity rock star. It just, this is what you love to do. And I feel like people usually start that way, but sometimes they take a path and it ends up being not great or all these things. But I, even in the last like month, I've received three books in the mail talking to, like you mentioned them in them. And I've had multiple podcasts and everyone has these amazing things to say about you. And I just think that's super wonderful that you've That is really wonderful. Yeah. That's really nice to know. Yeah. Like I know, you know, Joe Ortega, like, Oh, Joe's fantastic. Yeah. He's amazing. Of course, Tom. (laughs) Tom from Washed Up Emo. Yeah. And then we have a mutual friend, Jameson, who wrote a book. Yeah. And it's all, you know, so I'm just like, it's so neat how I love your story. And I believe that all these amazing things have happened to you. And I think of course, you're very talented, but I also believe that amazing things happen to people who deserve it as well. And I genuinely believe you deserve all of that. Um, thank so. you for saying that. Of I, course. I, I try to believe that about myself. Not, no one really does. Yeah, it's hard. But I try to, <laughs> but it's nice to know that I'm well thought of. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it does feel good. Good. I, just, I, I, mean, like, I know people have told you that, but I think the world, if you don't know... About this, yes, well, it's on a podcast. Everybody knows. Look, <laughs> look, look here's, here's how I, I think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes a lot of effort. The reality is sometimes it takes a lot of effort to be kind. Right, um, yes. Like maybe you've got the flu or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like what if the person that meets you that day is never going to meet you again and that's your only chance to have mm-hmm. any impact. Impact is too broad, strong a word, but any impression, make any impression of whatsoever on this person. I mean, yeah. you owe it to kind of like the, the energy in the world mm-hmm. to, to, to just be better than you're, than, than you really like to be in that moment. Yeah. And so then I extrapolate that to like, well, how are you when you're at your best? Can you also like, can you also be good to people? Yeah. And I do not bat a thousand. Um, I, I don't. I make mistakes and yeah. I make um, errors in judgment and personal react, interactions and relationships and um, have uh, slip-ups. But the, g- generally speaking, I think that if you can get through through life and have people think it, they think you are a kind person, you've done a good job. Totally. I, th- I think that the... the the music I make is it has its real, people have a relationship with with the music I make, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm really proud of that. Um, I think I might be prouder with of the of the times where I've succeeded in, in being kind to people in a way that I think is important. Yeah, well, I definitely know it means so much to so many people, tons of people out there. So, thank you. On behalf of everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, I thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I know it's awkward. It's always awkward. And I'm like, see if somebody says something really kind and you're just like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. But uh, yeah. I don't. Okay. I just like, I feel like I had to, I was like, I have to let him know. All I'm really things. grateful. I'm really grateful. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was just thinking we can wind down a little bit. Um, 
I thought it would be fun to ask you, what is something surprising that people may not know about you? I, I don't think people know I'm funny. Okay. <laughs> because because the music I make isn't all that funny. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's certainly not goofy. You know, there, there are bands that are great at interjecting the humor mm-hmm. into the videos mm-hmm. and into the music, like, say, Blink, you know? Yeah. You, and even they're serious, but they can also be serious. But they they really kind of lead a little bit with humor. Totally. Um, whereas my music is is relatively serious, um, and I think most people's relationship with any musician is through the music. That's all they've got for the most part. Um, so I I think they would assume maybe I'm like this super heavy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maudlin kind of dude who's <laughs> overwrought and, and bookish and like insufferable <laughs> but, but but like the thing is all that may be true but I do have <laughs> I have a I have a healthy place to put all that energy yeah like and that's in into these songs so I don't have to carry that shit around yeah. all the time and I get to be like if you come to see me live, that's a difference. People know it then, yeah, because they they can sense it coming from the stage, and they hear the the wry comments and all this shit. But <laughs> um, I think they'd be surprised to find out that I'm I'm I enjoy a good time more than most. Awesome, I love that. That's fun, and I didn't know until today that you were really into comic books. So that's something new I learned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are yeah, like my my hobbies are weird. They're, <laughs> They, they 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 go from like building motorcycles mm-hmm. and working on engines and stuff to like s- s- sewing oh nice clothes <laughs> and uh so like this uh, uh, traditionally ultra masculine hobbies juxtaposed <laughs> with these traditionally ultra feminine mm-hmm. hobbies which and I don't mean to be offensive and I'm not right. trying totally. to categorize those my, myself I'm saying that's how they're looked at um <laughs> I, I, I make hats. I don't know. You know, there's, there's, there's lots of weird shit about me. That's cool. uh, (laughs) Aw, that's fun. Um, man. So if I remember right, you had, before you had your accident, you were making another record. Am I correct? Or am I hearing things wrong? No, that's the word on the street. Nice. Okay. So, so like, I may or may not have made another record before my accident. Okay. And I, I only say it that way because I don't want any pressure to put this record that may or may not exist out. <laughs> okay. And that's because I don't, I don't really know yet what climate I want this record to come out in. Okay. There's, you know, the one, one point of view that says, like, people need a record like this right now. And, and another point of view that's that I, I have, which is that, well, I want to go out and share this record yeah. with the people. And so erring on the end of selfishness a little bit, I would like to try to hold on to it awesome. if it exists. Okay. I'm not saying it does. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Fun. And um, one other thing I think I heard in a podcast recently is that, are you writing a book? Well, so a book has been requested. Of okay. Well, it's, it's been requested. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wrote one. Okay. And, and then I, I decided 
I, I did like a lot of it, so I wrote it again. Okay. And then, and then all this has happened. This, all this being the oddity of this year for everybody, and then the specific oddity of this year with my accident and um, um, recovery. Right. Um, so I would say I'm. Yeah, I guess I'm writing a book. Um, okay. But. So it's been requested of me that I write this book mm. and I am writing this book, <laughs> okay. but I also never want this book to come out. Okay. So, so I don't, I don't <laughs> know if, or, if it ever will, but I have really enjoyed writing in long form. It was really surprising to find out that like, you know, you write it, a song is, it's not a terribly long, uh, it's not a terrible, it's not a terribly like huge amount of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so to find out that you are able to write a hundred thousand words on a, on a topic is enough. Wow. What for me was like enough to go, Oh, well, I, I had this in me. And so awesome. I enjoyed that bit. And, and also to find out from the few that have read it, that like, I might be actually good at that. Yeah. Um, based on their reaction to it. Um, but that said, I, I can't decide. I can't decide if it's if it's something I, I really want to put out into to the world. Okay. Yeah. But maybe I will. Maybe okay. I will do it. I don't know. <laughs> You're a man of mystery. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm. I don't like know what kind of. I don't know what kind of like sign <laughs> I'm looking for, like yeah. the, or feeling that I'm looking for mm-hmm. that says like this feels okay to put it. But I'm not real comfortable talking about my own life experiences Mm -hmm. with such selfish focus. Okay. Um, You know, like the first thing we tell, we jump on the, we jump on this interview today. Mm -hmm. And my first instinct was to talk about John Bunch and not talk about me. Right. So, so I guess I'm going to have to get over that if I'm ever going to, if, if I put this book out, I will have gotten (laughs) over that bit. Maybe you could do it in comic book form. Um, well, that's another thing I'm working on, but that's a whole other deal. Hey, see, all right. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm good at that, but I enjoy yeah. it. That's cool. Oh man. This has been really fun talking to you. I'm very glad we got to do it. Me too. I was really looking forward to Yay. today, Christy. Yeah, me too. And it was really cool that like the same week Screaming Pin Fidelities released that pin. I was like, wow, this is like perfect timing for all of this fun stuff. It's like Which Christ- you did the... You did the back for, I right? I did, yeah. That was fun. That was really so fun. So the pin, obviously you can't see, the, your listener can't <laughs> see this, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a pin of me singing, mm-hmm. kind of screaming, wailing. Yes. And, um, and with, a, with a crown on, mm-hmm. I guess indicating king of pain, perhaps. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and the back card is this beautiful, uh, like, kind of... Uh, Look, I can't tell what medium it is. It looks like almost watercolor to me. Is it? It's uh, it's digital. Okay. Well, it looks it appears to me almost like a watercolor. <laughs> yeah. So the, I don't know what what digital platform created you used to create this effect, <laughs> but of my of my you know torso, and it's really cool. It's very like a, you, I could tell it was me when I looked at it. So okay. it's exciting. <laughs> that guy looks just like me. Yeah, those are those are my hands. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's super fun. I think 
What did they say? It, it was like you were the, the the prince of emo or the 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 king of emo or something. Yeah, king king of emo. King I got that. Or it was a prince. <laughs> I know. I was a poster boy for a while. Then it was king. Aww. <laughs> and then it was father. And all of them were. Aren't, none of them are. Tr- none of them are true. But <laughs> but it, but at least one of them makes a good pin. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. I recently I met them through Saves the Day crew and. Uh, yeah, the good guys or good guy, Nate. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, awesome, very cool. Um, oh, sorry, one last question. What are you listening to that I can let people tell? God, that came out really weird. I have a podcast soundtrack, and I like to ask people what they're listening to, and then I put it on the little soundtrack. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, what am I listening to lately? Um, I'm listening to Drug Church and Baroness. Oh yeah. Uh, they're kind of like heavier bands. Um, and then like kind of from our world, I've been listening to, let me think like what's, cause I've been in a heavy phase. It's kind of nice. keeping me pumped, pumped up for. <laughs> My for, friend Victoria uh, is actually tour manager for Baroness. No way. Yeah. I'm kind of starstruck by that. That's awesome, right? Um, <laughs> so, so awesome. Um, then I've also been listening to, I mean, how many bands do you want to hear? As many as you want. So Stay Ahead of the Weather. Um, I've been listening to, let's see, what else can I think of? I should like pull up a playlist. That'd be the smart thing. To, I've, been, I've been listening to the Jazz June a lot. Oh, nice. Um, Scars to Prove. I don't know, maybe it's a bit on the nose, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been helpful to, to listen to. Um, Brian McTiernan's new band, Be Well, is in heavy rotation for me. And um, let's see, I'll give you, should I give you one more? I guess I could give you one more. Um, um, let me think. Let me give you a good one. Let me give you a good genre one. You know, okay. something from my... Yeah. From my, from my, my... Let's see. Although I actually kind of have already. <laughs> That's true. Um... You should make, you should release playlists to the public. They probably love that. Maybe I should. Yeah. Um, uh, Level up, which is just L V L. Okay. Up. That's nice. a good one that I've been listening to a lot. Awesome. Very fun. And then Tom has got got me obsessed with man da- with man dancing. Okay. Very cool. That's that's a lot of songs. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> that's fun. I, yeah, I'm always curious. It's funny because I feel like most people will give me some kind of songs that are usually very opposite of their own genre. Like the well, I, tra- I started to. Yeah. <laughs> I, started to I like that. With Baroness. I don't know if I mentioned Loathe. That's another one. No, that okay. I, uh, another heavy band that I'm super into right now. <laughs> but I listen to a lot of heavy music. That's, I love that. 
I uh, I got a Peloton and I've been listening to a lot of like rap on the Peloton. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> but keep it going. You ever heard of Girl Talk? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like my jam on the Peloton. It's a good time. Sick. So <laughs> sick. Awesome. Cool. Well, man, thanks again. Thank you, Christy. It was super fun. Christy, it was super fun to to spend my afternoon, my early yeah. afternoon with you. There you have it, guys. Oh, my God. I am still on cloud nine with the fact that that episode came out into the world. (laughs) He's just so kind and talented and I'm so honored to be his friend and that he was a guest on my little show so so cool um I also would like to ask that we team up and continue to send support and glitter bomb positive vibes to him during this time where he's in his physical therapy and I know that that would mean so much to to him because we love him so much so be sure to follow him on all the social media outlets. I'm going to put links in the show notes where you can get connected to him. And I just think the more positive vibes you can send to him would be the best. And so, yes, that's my homework for all of y'all. <laughs> also, this episode comes out on November 2nd, 2020. And if you hear this before November 6th, um, 2020, we are doing an exclusive giveaway for this episode and it is this amazing photo that my friend and Chris's friend, Joe Ortega, took of Dashboard Confessional playing right before lockdown. So we have this awesome picture of Chris that Chris is actually going to sign for one lucky listener. And I am so freaking excited to announce the winner on November 6th. So you can get all the details for that over on my Instagram at Christy G. And um, I'll, I'll link, of course, that in the show notes as well. And I'll also link um, the company we talked about that makes the enamel pens called Screaming Pin Fidelities. Such amazing, amazing little pens. They have the dashboard one. They have a Saves the Day pen. They have a Blink-182. What else? Say anything. And they have so many more planned. And it's just really fun. So I'm going to... Of course, link that because I think that you guys would love that. We also added some awesome music to the podcast soundtrack that I do every episode with music that is either from the artist or music that we talk about. So I added my favorite Dashboard songs, Further, Twin Forks, and of course, the Rustin Kelly song that they did together. And some of his favorite songs, um, Chris's favorite songs that we talked about in the episode, and a couple more that we didn't talk about but Chris shared with me after we recorded that are really, really good that I also want to put out in the world for you guys to hear. So you can find links to all of this in the show notes or by following me at Christy G on Instagram or heading over to www.christyg.com. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. It'll mean the world to me. Love you guys so much.